right, welcome back to the Sportsmen Analytics Podcast. I'm Deepak Chona. Thank you for joining. Now it is Saturday morning heading into week eight. Let's get to it. We start with Tyreek Hill. Now Hill was held out of practice with a hip injury, but he was returned shortly after and he goes into the weekend with no injury designation. That when when that happens, data favors a very low production impact and no workload limitations. So we're not too concerned about Tyreek. We think this was just them being conservative. And then we have Brock Purdy in a big matchup going against the Bengals. Now Purdy is on track, it looks like, to clear concussion protocol. Only about one quarter of players are able to do that within a week, but it does look like he's headed in that direction. Now, if you look at week seven, on the hit that presumably caused the injury, if you look after that point, that's when Purdy threw an interception. He didn't look very good after that. So we take his late performance against Minnesota with a pretty large grain of salt. And in projecting him forward, we would expect full pre-injury production. And that's what we usually see from quarterbacks when they return from concussion. And then on the other side of that game, Joe Burrow. Now, he is now about six weeks out from re-aggravating that, hamstring, that calf strain. And in this situation, these take about six weeks to resolve. So we expect you're going, you're going to see a lot more mobility and a lot more ability from Joe Burrow to drive off of that leg when he's throwing the ball deep and with power. So a lot of improvements expected for Joe Burrow. The re-injury risk for this goes down over the next couple of weeks. It takes about eight weeks for that to occur. So with Joe Burrow, a lot of reason for optimism. Then we have Austin Eckler. Now, by video in week seven, it did look like he picked up a new low ankle sprain on the side that wasn't previously injured. But he returned to full practice pretty much right away, and he's fully practiced all week. So that confirms, one, that it's very low severity, and two, that his previous high ankle sprain isn't probably bothering him much anymore. Now, the data on that would suggest that this would be the week, six weeks out, that he would return to 100% from that injury. So Austin Eckler, also reason for optimism, no workload limitations or performance impact expected here. And then we have T. Higgins. He is was dealing with a rib fracture, which he sustained four weeks ago. The average performance dip on these lasts three weeks. So with Higgins being at four, now we have pretty strong reason for optimism here on Higgins that he should be back to pretty much pre-injury levels. And then Trevor Lawrence and Jalen Hurts, actually, they're dealing with a little bit of a similar story. So a knee sprain is likely to put them in a brace, but not likely for either quarterback to cause much of a performance dip. And that includes even when they're rushing, which is a little bit surprising that quarterbacks with knee sprains, when they're playing through them, don't tend to see a decline in their rushing output. We do have some concerns about Jalen Hurts being repeatedly basically pushed into a giant pile of huge moving men, but it seems to be working out so far. There is some concern that Jalen Hurts, if you're looking at season-long durability, that play and that type of style is going to put him at risk. But overall, no concerns for this week. Then Jalen Waddle. Now, Waddle was dealing with some back spasms, but he returned to practice each day this week in a limited fashion. And when players are able to do that, the data suggests that they won't see a performance hit going into the week. 
And then Raheem Mostert, now dealing with a probably a mild low ankle sprain, Raheem Mostert is not likely to see any per touch efficiency impact of this injury, but he's an older running back and when they have these questionable designations with ankles, they do tend to see fewer touches. So a little bit more for Salvan Ahmed and a little bit more for Jeff Wilson maybe in the cards here. Then Aaron Jones, similar story, older running back dealing with a re-aggravated hamstring. Now at two games out from his return, we wouldn't expect to see any performance dip, but we do expect to see fewer touches for Aaron Jones. And then we have Deontay Johnson. Now he was on the IR. He did come back. He's then he played pretty well last week and then they said he had some hamstring tightness. The fact that he was able to subsequently return to a full practice session bodes very well in that it predicts he will have only a mild performance impact. The key with Deontay Johnson unfortunately is for the next 6 or so weeks He's going to carry a pretty elevated re-injury risk, and that's up to about 20%. So some real reason for concern with Deontay Johnson. And then we have TJ Hawkinson. By video in week seven, he looked to have sustained either a very mild midfoot sprain or a very mild high ankle. And in either case, he was able to return right away. And now he has logged full practice sessions this week. So Overall, the data would predict a very low impact of injury for TJ Hawkinson, and beyond that, also a very low re-injury risk. And then Saquon Barkley, he had his high ankle sprain. He's now three games into the return from that, and the progression for a guy like Barkley with Barkley's athletic profile tends to be 80, 90, 90, 100. So he's in game three, so 90% is what it tends to be with a return to 100% of his per-touch efficiency the subsequent week, week nine. Now, the other key with Barkley is that he did sustain a an elbow sprain, a hyperextended elbow, but the good news is that these don't tend to cause much of a performance impact for players, and they usually don't get re-injured. It has to be a little bit of an awkward fall for that to happen. And then Zach Charbonnet. Now, Charbonnet has been dealing with a hamstring strain. He did return to full practice, so he is very likely playing this week. The good news is that young running backs with hamstring strains, the data on that is pretty favorable. Very low performance impact, very low workload limitations. There is a mild re-injury risk. That's about 10% for the next four weeks. And then Kenneth Walker, his teammate in the backfield. Walker has had a calf strain it's very mild based on the fact that he was able to return to a full practice on friday and walker is therefore very likely to play this coming week you don't usually see any workload limitations or performance impact but there is about a 15 percent re-injury risk with these and then we have dk metcalf and tyler lockett now real optimism on metcalf the Data suggests that he should return to just about full strength with a low re-injury risk here. And Tyler Lockett, now less optimism here. The data projects a two-thirds chance that he's playing, but older wide receivers with these hamstrings, and this is now multiple weeks into a hamstring and it's still causing him to miss some practice time. For him, we would likely see an efficiency dip of about 15 to 20% and an elevated re-injury risk 
also of about 15%. And then we have Christian Watson. Now, week seven's video at the very end of the game, it suggested that he had somewhat of a knee sprain of unknown severity, but the fact that he practiced in full pretty much the whole week confirms that it is in fact very mild. Now, he had a hamstring strain earlier in the year, and that impact can linger up to about six weeks. But at this point, he should be about 100% now. Then Devontae Smith. Now, there's no injury listing here. Don't mean to set off any alarms. Actually, reason for optimism with Devontae Smith, because the last two weeks, he had intermittently been listed with a hamstring strain. And the data suggests that that is probably at least contributed to his decline in production for those two weeks. And then Darren Waller. Now, this game status is to be determined. The data projects a two-thirds chance that he does play. If he's active, we would expect to see a mild efficiency dip. But given his history, the real concern here is that he should have a very high re-injury risk over the course of the next four weeks. You have to remember with Waller, he has had two season-ending hamstring strains and a third major soft tissue injury in between. So with Waller, always going to be a high re-injury risk, especially now that he's had these in-season hamstrings, but we do expect him to play. Also playing, Traylon Burks. Now he's coming back from a second knee sprain on the same side, and the data on this shows about a 15% stats dip when they first come back, and that usually lasts about three games. There is somewhat of a re-injury risk here as well, but for Traylon Brooks, the main concern is this quarterback situation. Ryan Tannehill is likely out multiple weeks. We'll see what Will Levis gives them, but if they go to Malik Willis, I don't think anybody's going to be catching passes anytime soon in Tennessee. Then we have Daniel Jones. Now, this is not very clear of a situation. The original comments from Dable, even last week, suggested that there might be a chance he got cleared in time to play. But of course he did not. He's still not cleared for contact and therefore is sitting this week. But the comments and the practice progression together suggest that Daniel Jones is looking at a possible week or nine target for return. And then more optimism on Jimmy Garoppolo. Now he's likely playing week eight and the data does favor a pretty low impact of injury on his production. The one thing to remember with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's a pretty stationary quarterback in the pocket. They don't have an amazing O-line. So that in combination with his history makes him a highly injury prone player. So if you're playing Jimmy Garoppolo, really proceed with caution is my advice. And next, Jerome Ford, his status is to be determined. He did practice comments, sounded pretty favorable coming out of Friday practice, but the data certainly favors him sitting. It's very rare for even a mild high ankle to return the following week. Now, if he's active, we expect a performance hit and we expect a workload decline. And the more likely outcome here is a return for week nine. Kareem Hunt is playing. Thigh contusions here don't typically cause running back uh, performance impact. So therefore, we are pretty optimistic on Kareem Hunt. Then Luke Musgrave. Now the status on him game-wise is to be determined. A little surprising that he even made it back to practice, but we would still lean towards him sitting and returning in week nine. If he's active, you would typically see a low per play performance impact, but you would often see lower snap counts for a guy like Musgrave. And next up, Tank Dell of my Houston Texans. 
Now, he's returning from a concussion. Wide receivers typically do return to their full pre-injury workload and performance. And that's particularly important because Robert Woods on the Texans looks to be out this week with a foot injury. Then Taysom Hill. Now, the data projects a 60% chance he plays, but with these chest contusions and the fact that he was wearing a non-contact type jersey earlier in practice, that very much favors a production dip. And the data says about 20% is what we should expect. And then we have Colts' Zach Moss. There's limited info available here, but the practice reports suggest that he's probably going to sit because he listed with two different injuries. And when that happens, if he's active, you'd expect a much lower snap count and, and a production dip. So either way, we would expect more touches for Jonathan Taylor. And then a couple injured Chargers pass catchers. First, Gerald Everett. A little optimism here. Status is to be determined, but we would lean towards him playing. The data projects a mild, about 10% performance impact if he's active. And then Joshua Palmer, also to be determined, but we would lean towards him sitting. The data suggests a noticeable performance dip if he's active with the most likely return date coming up week nine. And then Roshan Johnson. Now, really unfortunate situation for a guy who was out a couple weeks with a concussion when he really had a chance to take over a backfield. But now it looks like Deontay Foreman has carved out a real role and looked very explosive last week. Now, Roshan Johnson is likely to return. Concussion data shows no lingering performance impact, no workload dip upon that return. But we very much expect a committee based on what just happened last week. Then we move on to some linemen and some defensive players. And yes, my IDP and sports bettors, these ones are designed for you. So we start with TJ Watt. He, his profile is as a highly durable player. So despite his limited practice participation, the data does favor him playing. And then Max Crosby. Now, to be determined status, but we would lean towards him playing as well. There is a mild performance impact, but that would still make him a very elite defender. Jets Sauce Gardner is playing. He is likely to return to full pre-injury form his first game back. And then a very interesting one, Jalen Ramsey. Status for this week is to be determined. We would lean towards him playing, but a few snaps here and there. The data projects return to near full strength by about week 12. But usually with this, you see a three to four game ramp up. And defensive back is one of the harder positions to return from knee surgery during, during a season. But again, Jalen Ramsey is a 90 plus percentile athlete. So the data there is relatively favorable for him. Then Von Miller, now we expect his snap count to rise over the next three weeks. He has majorly elite athleticism, but he's on the older side, and pass rusher is a, also a tough position to return from an ACL. So it, together, that predicts a slow ramp up. And then Cam Hayward for the Steelers, he's back at practice. We expect him to return week 9 or 10 at near full pre-injury level. Jordan Davis for the Eagles, he his status is to be determined, but our data says 70% chance he sits. Jalen Carter is likely to see more work in the next two weeks. And if you look on DK Sportsbook, his rookie of the year odds are already at minus 175. And it feels like they're going to get a little bit better with this injury to Jordan Davis. Next, Evan Neal. The data projects a two-thirds chance he plays. 
The ankle kept him out of week seven, but this should help Saquon Barkley and Tyrod Taylor if Evan Neal is back. Also on the Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau, his status is to be determined. We would lean towards him playing, and you typically see a low performance impact from mild knee sprains if he's active. Then Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, status also to be determined, but the data favors him playing with a mild performance impact, especially given that he played week seven. Tyron Smith for the Cowboys, big time O-lineman, status to be determined. We would lean towards him playing. Most neck injuries for O-linemen don't cause missed games unless they're very serious and then they cause usually multi-week absences. So it's usually not a small absence if they're gone. And then a couple of players that are also to be determined. First, Jair Alexander for the Packers. The data projects 65% chance he sits. If active, we would expect a performance dip that you probably would notice and a high re-injury risk. Then Titus Howard. Now his status is to be determined, but projects as a 75% chance of playing with a low performance impact. And last but not least, a pretty impactful player from the Giants, O-line, Andrew Thomas, is likely to return, most likely week 9, possibly week 10. But he's re-aggravated that hamstring, and the timeline on this projects him sitting this week, even though he did have some return to practice, and likely returning week 9. And that's all we have for now. So go out there, win those leagues, and come back and check in for your injury updates right after.